help. So today we're starting a brand new series that we're calling How to Throw a Great Party. And um, it's all about this idea that to me, doing ministry, being a part of helping church happen is a lot like having people at your house or helping someone throw a party. I grew up, my family threw lots of parties, birthday parties, graduation parties, New Year's parties. Like if there was a, any good reason to have people over, we were having people over or my grandma was or whoever was. And so uh, I loved it because it was a lot of fun, but I hated it because it was a lot of work. I remember every time we were going to have a party, we had to clean the house, right? And I mean, sometimes it felt like for days. Sometimes we would do this uh, party that was both in our home and in my dad's workshop. So for like two days, we'd have to clean up his workshop to turn it into a party place, which was by far the best parties, but it was by far the most work. And while we were cleaning the house for the party, we knew that we were going to have to clean the house after the party as well. But the parties were great. And, you know, my parents just kind of had this rule that, like, if you were ever there, you were always invited back. Like, you were just, you were always invited to come again to the next party, to the next New Year's party, or to whatever it was. And as I became a pastor, and I was a youth pastor for, like, 15 years, this is what we did. Is basically, on Wednesday nights, we'd throw parties, and we invited all the junior high kids or high school kids that could come, and we wanted to, like, welcome the people we know and welcome the people we haven't met yet and tell them to invite people, and you're always invited, and we would do weekend events. And, and big special events and things like that. And I started to say, wow, this is a lot like throwing a party. It takes a lot of prep. We got to think ahead. We got to plan ahead. We got to clean up. We got to get ready. And, uh, and that's what we're doing actually right now with this soft launch period that starting last week and these next few weeks until May 9th when we call that our public launch. And anyone's welcome. If you're here and you didn't know this was supposed to be top secret, it's not. Anyone's welcome now and the next two weeks. But we're purposely trying to really invite people when we hope we can do our very best to welcome them on May 9th. And um, this is us. This is us getting ready to throw a great party. And really, I feel like church should be exciting. I don't know if you grew up going to church and it was boring. If you went with your grandparents or, or whatever church that uh, I think a lot of people in, in, in America, we feel like church is boring, right? It's this uh, liturgical, meaningless repetitive, um, you know, doesn't really make a difference in my life, can't wait till I can go out to lunch afterwards, kind of boring routine in people's lives, or every other Easter routine, or whatever people grew up with. And I've always said, if, if church isn't exciting, then we're doing something wrong. Because the gathering of saved people worshiping their risen Savior should be exciting. The gathering of people who know and love each other and are committed to each other should be exciting. Worshiping God should be exciting. Serving God and serving the church should be exciting. You know, one of the things that a lot of us are the most afraid of is inviting people to know Jesus or even inviting them to come to our church. And uh, as scary as sometimes that feels, it should be exciting because we have no idea what God can do through us until we follow him and step out in faith. And so everything that we get to do as Jesus followers should be exciting, and even more so when we do it together. And so if our church isn't exciting, uh, then we're doing something wrong. And so really, I feel like every Sunday we get to throw parties. You know, at our Munuka campus where we have youth groups and different ministries, happen, they're throwing these little mini parties. May 9th is going to be a big party because we've invited everybody we think that we can possibly invite. We hope that they all show up. I hope we run out of seats in here and you're sitting on each other's laps. Actually, no, we can't do that in COVID time. But, like, I hope we're as full as we can possibly manage And because I'm hoping that it's a great party and that it's very exciting. And one day, whoever has put their faith in Jesus will go home to heaven and we will have a party for eternity that makes everything we've ever experienced pale in comparison. 
And so following our king, worshiping him, serving, giving back of what he's given to us as we worship in all the ways that we follow should be exciting. So we're calling this series How to Throw a Great Party. And we're looking at what we do as individuals and as the church gathered, as the body of Christ, to welcome people well and um, to make it exciting. I don't know if you ever had like uh, a great concert or a great ball game or something and you had extra tickets to. Like if you had just something you were really like, a, like for me it would be a Cubs game or your favorite band or, or whatever, maybe it was a, an opera or whatever you'd be excited and like you bought however many tickets and your other friends couldn't come. This has happened to me a couple times where you're like, I don't, want to, I don't want these tickets to go to waste. One time I went to a NASCAR race in North Carolina or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, it was a long, we drove through the night, that's all I know. I didn't even care about racing, but my friend called me and he's like, dude, we got the hotels, we got the tickets, our other couple friend can't go, and we didn't have any kids at the time, so we're like, sure, I love road trips, and I'll plug my ears while they're racing or whatever, you know, and so we went to a NASCAR race, because he's like, I don't want the tickets to go to race, he was super pumped about this event, he would just love me to come and, and use what they've already paid for, and so we went. One time, when I was in college, I don't know if you know Jason Domingo, he's our high school pastor, uh, he's at our Manuka campus. We actually went to college together, and there was a guy walking around our campus. He's like, I got two tickets to this concert tonight, and we were like, we love that band. That's like our favorite band, and he's like, it's like literally in a few hours. You're in Chicago. You're going to have to leave right now to even make it, but I hate, I hate for them to go to waste, and so we like changed our plans, changed our clothes, and hit the road as fast as we could because we're like, man, like, you, you don't want to miss out. Like, that's the idea that I wish we had with church. We got empty seats, and we would love to fill them up so more people can worship God alongside of us, so more people can trust Jesus as their Savior alongside of us, that in that same way that you would do anything to get someone to go to the party of the year, we would think that way with church. And hopefully church is exciting. With church, we plan ahead. We make plans. We, we get people together. We clean up, especially here in a school. We come early. We unpack trailers. At the end, we got to put it back into the trailers. But while we're here, you get to see friends and make new friends like a party. And we get to celebrate what God's done in our life. And, and um, we even send invitations, okay? Like, just like a great party, we're sending invitations. By the way, part of our invitation strategy is yard signs. So please, I've got a whole box left that we want to use up. So if you didn't take one, please take one and just throw that sucker in your yard. Uh, I would love for you to take extra. If you've got a neighbor or a business owner, someone you know in and around Morris that would be willing to, to display this, then we just kind of want to tell the community that we're coming. We want to invite them well. Uh, we've got mailers going out later this week. So our whole strategy is that each of us would invite people that we know. People that you know very well or people that you only know a little bit. You know, like that work friend that you're not really friend friends, but your work friend. Like that guy. That's, we want to invite everyone we know because we have no idea who might actually show up, who may actually receive Jesus as their Savior and be partying for eternity with us if we would just put ourselves out there. So we're going to, you know, stick yard signs in for whoever happens to see it as they drive by. I'm actually praying that people would be curious enough to click on the website and maybe find out. And same thing with this billboard that we put up a while back. And uh, our, our main strategy is that you and I, all of us, would just be good at inviting people. That's okay. Um, that one's a discounted price if you want to take that one home. 
Our main strategy is that we would do our part to invite people well. You know, classic marketing strategy says word of mouth, referral business. You know, this is the best way to invite anyone to actually show up. That's the most effective way is to have your people tell their people. So please be someone who tells people. But uh, we're also going to mail it to their house and just try to invite people we haven't even met that God and I actually work through those ways because we want to invite people well, so today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4. The screen's not on, so you're going to have to open your Bible if you want to read along. And this is kind of our, our key text for this little mini-series, is something that the Apostle Paul writes to a group of believers as he's coaching them on how to worship God and how to do churches. So the Apostle Paul is one of the greatest Jesus followers of all time. He literally wrote books of the Bible, right? He literally invented churches. He was this epic Jesus follower that in his time, many, many people knew Jesus because of him. And now, even 2,000 years ago, many, many people know Jesus and grow closer to Jesus because of how God was able to use him. So we're going to read a letter that he wrote to a church that he had started. He would go around on these journeys and start churches in different places and then he would try to help them get leaders in place, and he'd write them letters to coach them and, and to challenge them and to encourage them. And so one of his churches and one of his letters is this book that we call Colossians. And in Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 2 through 6. But he's writing to this church, and it's awesome what he tells them as far as how to do church. Because when we gather, we celebrate Jesus. We want to worship his name. We want to give him all the glory. We want to draw close to him in an individual way because his love for us is personal and it's powerful. We want to celebrate that. But we also want to invite people. We do both. It's for us, but it's also for others. We want this campus, and it's not just us, the all of Mission Bible Church who's sending people to start a new church, a new campus. We want to be a campus who's for people we haven't met yet. We're for outsiders. We're for people that aren't here yet. This is, we're not here for ourselves. If we just wanted to get together and sing songs and, and pray, we could stay in Manuka and do this. It's been a great amount of resources and energy, and it still is every week to do this, but the goal is we believe God called us to do this to reach more people, and so we're willing to invest our time and our money and everything else to do this, and we get the idea from Paul. So in verse 2 of chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too. So Paul would go with his buddies on these missionary journeys, and he's asking the churches to pray for him as he keeps going. Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. So eventually Paul gets arrested, and now even from prison, he's still coaching churches and, and writing letters, and uh, so that's where he's at right now. He's like, totally worth it. I don't care if I get arrested. I don't care if I get killed. I'm so sold out to helping more people know Jesus. Even though I'm in chains, I'm still going. I'll write letters. There's a guy on our launch team that was in the hospital this week and still showed up today at 7 in the morning to help us set up. And I was like, dude, are you sure you're okay? But he didn't want to miss out. Kind of like the Apostle Paul, who's like, you can put me in chains, throw me in prison, and then if I can't go tell them about Jesus, I'll write letters to the people who can tell them about Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes. So he's like, keep praying for us. Keep praying for me and my partners. Even though I'm in prison, I'm sold out to this. In verse 4, he says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Verse 5, he says, and be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
So he says, first, let's be prayerful. Let's invite God. Like last week, we talked about our great mission that Jesus has given to his followers, the church, to go and make more disciples, and that we're sold out to do this. And the first thing we should do is pray. So for months, for years, we have been praying together that God would use us, that he would provide for us, that he would bring us opportunities, that he would soften the hearts of people that we're going to yet meet and help us love them in the way that he's called us to. We've been praying, and let's keep praying. Before you invite your neighbor or your coworker or whoever it is, I hope that you pray for them. I want you to invite them, but don't just invite them. Don't just put a sign in your yard. Also, pray. Paul starts with prayer. Let's be thankful, but let's pray for each other and for what God's called us to. But the key couple of verses for this series is verse 5, when Paul says to the church, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. When he says outsiders, you know, it kind of sounds weird, like it's us and them, you know, and that's, that's not the idea. What he's saying is there's people who have already accepted Jesus, and they make up the body of Christ, the big C church, and then there's people who haven't yet accepted Jesus, and the church exists to help more people come into the church. The body of Christ gathers and prays and works on going out to in, in, invite more people. And so he says, be wise in the way you act with people who don't yet know Jesus. This is incredible uh, challenge to all of us. That one, we don't want to be Christians who are hypocritical. The last thing anyone wants to see is someone who says, yeah, I go to church on Sunday, but they don't live like a Jesus follower the rest of the week. Everyone that that person knows will never come to want to go to church or want to accept Jesus because they've said, you say one thing, but you don't live it out. So he's like, be wise. Like, actually be who you say you are. Actually live the way. Now, that, that we have to be perfect and we never sin, but he's like, be wise in the way. Not, it's not a show, but let people see a real Jesus follower and make the most of every opportunity. And I believe this is for individuals and as we gather, that we want to be wise at welcoming people well that we want to help them feel comfortable when they show up. We want to help them be comfortable when we're hanging out with them, right? I mean, as a pastor, I'm always meeting people. I try not to tell them I'm a pastor right away because they're like, oh, sorry, I cussed, you know? And I'm like, that's okay. I mean, like, I don't want you to feel awkward around me because I'm some holy man or anything like this. I just, I want to be friends like a regular guy. And, and I, but I really do believe that the only way to heaven is Jesus, and I'd love to have you believe that too. And so we want to be wise in the way that we treat people, the way we talk to people, the way we talk about people, the way that we we're seen in our communities and in our families and then as a group of people that we would have a reputation in this community that says we're for people we're for Morris we're for people who don't yet know Jesus when we say come as you are we want to say it and we want to really mean it so when someone comes in here that doesn't look like you or act like you or talk like you we say you are so welcome here just as you are but we do hope that someday you'll come to put your faith in Jesus and have your life changed like we have and so we want to be wise in the way we act, the way we speak, the way our reputation is as individuals and as the body of Christ, as the church. Outsiders is people who aren't in yet, but we exist for the outsiders. We don't exist for ourselves. You know, most clubs that you buy into or join, it's so that you can get perks. You can get bonus points or rewards or a closer parking spot. And so, you know, whatever it is, like you join for the benefits. But the church, you don't join. I mean, you get the benefits before you join. When you believe in Jesus, your fate is sealed. Your eternity is, your ticket to heaven is punched. Like, it's amazing. God puts his spirit inside of you. But then we exist as the church for the people that aren't in yet. And Actually, I was really proud in our parking lot because a lot of the cars that were here by 7 in the morning parked far away because a lot of our people are like, yeah, I don't want to you know, have the first park 
the, all the all the spots taken right away, and then all the people that we're inviting got to walk a mile. You know, let's let's choose to park far away so that our guests can park close and have the best experience possible. I was so proud. I, it was one of the things that I wanted to talk to our people about, and you guys are already doing it. That's awesome because we're trying to be wise in the way we welcome people. So just like throwing a party, step one is to clean the house. You gotta clean the house. This is what we're doing with our soft launch period. We're, we're practicing setting our stuff up. I've been saying for months, this soft launch is basically like cleaning the house before you invite your friends over. I don't know what you guys are like when you throw a party, but for us, it's always like, hurry up and get all the junk off the countertops, you know? Throw it on mom and dad's bed and slam the door. Like, I'm not joking. We used to host our small group every single Monday night, and every single Monday afternoon, it was like, Oh, we got to clean up again really fast, you know? And then after small group, it's like, please get all your stuff off my bed. We got to go to sleep at some point tonight, right? And like, you clean up for your guests better than you clean up for yourself. You'll put up with dirty laundry in the corner, but you don't want that when your friends are coming over. You know, you'll put up with all kinds of things that you don't even see anymore because, you know, your house is lived in. And that's true. It's normal. Like, we live in our homes. We expect it to be used and, and maybe a slightly dirty and maybe have some dishes out or whatever. But when you're having people over, you get your act together. You clean up like they're the king of the world coming over, right? Like, and this is what we want to do for our guests. We want to welcome them well. We want to just make them feel at home. We want them to feel comfortable whoever they are, wherever they came from, but we do want to point them towards Jesus. And so this is us cleaning the house. Step one to throw a great party is clean the house. And when he says... Um, Make the most of every opportunity. A really great phrase is redeem the time. We've got limited time. You and I, someday, we won't be here. Either we'll pass away or the Lord will come back. And as long as we're here, God is asking us to use our time wisely. To make the most of every opportunity that comes our way. To tell people and invite people and point people towards the love that they can find in Jesus the freedom and the forgiveness and family that they can find through our church and through his love. We're supposed to redeem the time. And besides each of us as individuals, the whole world is on a time stamp. One day this world will end, and everyone that doesn't yet know Jesus won't be able to party with us forever in heaven. So we need to redeem the time. We need to make the most of every opportunity. We need to clean the house. Okay? So step one is clean the house. It's just getting ready to welcome our guests. We want to do this every weekend. We're, we're practicing now, but we'll keep doing this. And I'm so glad for Mission that we're a church that thinks about outsiders. That we were one church that said, long before I was here, we need to do whatever it takes to reach more people. We don't want to just build a bigger building and gather more Christians to worship. We want to go, just like Jesus said, go into all the earth. We want to go wherever it takes to reach the people. And so we realized we had a bunch of people from the area in and around Morris. Let's use those people to be a beacon of light in a whole other community. And we're praying, as God has led us here, that he'll, he'll do this in an awesome way. The thing is, this is not our natural trajectory. The natural tendency for any church is to slowly turn inward. I don't know, maybe you've been at a church like that. Maybe you grew up at a church like that. I've, seen, I've been a part of churches that no one decided, let's forget about anyone else. We don't need to tell people about Jesus. We just need to worship. No one says that, but the natural tendency is that because you get involved and you love Jesus and you want other people that know Jesus to love him more. And so we really focus hard on how, how well we can worship and how well we can teach classes and, and teach students and do kids ministry. And all those things are really, really important. And we need a lot of volunteers, so we start serving. And then you start 
start getting volunteers that are serving just to like take care of ourselves and and a church's natural tendency will just always drift towards let's do what we do and and love who we are really really well and and all those things are good but if we're not careful we'll do all those things and not invite people to know Jesus not be good at welcoming people so I'm so grateful for a church that says we don't want to become an inward focused group of believers who we serve ourselves well and we we preach truth and we do those things but we want to in addition to that always be on the lookout to welcome our guests to invite people not only to attend our church but ultimately to know Jesus this is why uh, if you've been on our launch team like over a year ago we were talking about this whole thing and I you know it's pre-for COVID so I don't know if you got to finish this homework assignment but I said hey I would love for you to visit four other churches because I want you to see what it feels like to show up at a church where you don't know anybody where you don't know how it goes, you don't know where everything is, you don't know where the bathroom is, you, you know, you're not you know, like part of the in crowd, because I want us to remember the feeling of being an outsider, so when someone comes in, we can welcome them well, because it's so easy, if you see me, and I see you, and we know each other really well, it's like a family party where no one else was invited, but this is a bigger deal, this is our families here, and anyone else that comes in off the street is welcome as well, Jesus tells this parable, It's called the parable of the great banquet. It's about this guy who throws these invitations out to invite this amazing party. And it says the day of the party, all of his friends started making these excuses and not showing up. And so the master says to his servant, go out into the towns and find anyone who will come. Poor people, begging people, out in the country, bring them on in because I want to fill my banquet. And that's a picture of what the church should be. That we'll just invite anyone and everyone and be as ready as possible to welcome them in and invite them to the banquet. They don't get seconds, they don't get leftovers, they're invited to the main table. Our natural tendency will always be to become inward focused. As you get bigger and you add ministries and you get more complex, right now we're lean and mean, man. We got Sunday mornings at somebody else's building and it's a a big deal every time. But think of a church with its own building and ministries every single night and all these different needs and eventually we all just really start working on doing the church thing and not even welcoming new people. And that was never how Jesus taught. He taught the story about the great uh, banquet. He also, like we talked about last week, his mission to the church was to go and make disciples, that every follower of Jesus is supposed to help more people become followers of Jesus. And so we can worship and we can teach and we can do all those things and we can give and all those things are good, but if we're not helping new people come to know Jesus, we're not doing all that he told us to do. Jesus was always hanging out with outsiders. One of the things he got judged for the most by churchy folk was that he was so friendly with evil people with sinners and he's like this is what I came for I came to help more people who don't yet trust me to trust me I came to seek and to save the lost and so laugh at me if you want but I'm going to hang out with these people because it's not the healthy that need a doctor it's the sick and then when he leaves he says to his church go and be like me go ahead and meet people that are far from me and help them come to know me this is what Jesus was all about my, my dream for this campus is that we'll reach our friends' friends. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a weird thing to say. Like, I can't wait for your friends to come. Like, that's our step one goal is that my friends, your friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, whoever we know, our cousins, whatever, I hope that they come. And not just come so that we can fill seats, but come so they can have their lives changed, their families and generations. They're like, we want our friends to come and know Jesus. But I'm, like, thinking about the people that you invite, that when they meet, Je- when they meet Jesus, they go and invite their people. That's our friends' friends. And someday, we're going to welcome the first person that becomes saved through the Morris campus. 
And then another day, we're going to meet someone who becomes saved from someone who became saved at the Morris campus. Do you see this generational idea that we get to be a part of? We didn't just come to try to grow a church and fill seats. We didn't just come to Morris. I know for some of you guys, it's like way closer, and that's really convenient, and I'm happy for that. But that's not why we came. We came to reach people that don't yet know Jesus, and I can't wait for when Jesus changes their life that they turn around and start inviting their friends, and their friends become saved as well. I want to be a church that's always thinking about our friends' friends. And so these first few weeks as we're cleaning the house, we're getting ready for these great parties, it's kind of all hands on deck. You know, we, we, need, a lot of, we need a lot of help setting up, holding babies, holding doors, making coffee, running the show, and all these things. And so a lot of you guys are here because you're like, yeah, I came here early and I have been. Thank you. Thank you so much for your dedication. And right now it's so easy to be excited. The last week, I mean, my cheeks hurt from smiling so much because it was just so exciting. And a lot of you guys expressed that to me as well. And I said to some of my friends afterwards, I said, you know what the lame thing is? Six months from now, that'll just be like a regular Sunday because everything starts to become normal. Not that it'll be less important, but it won't be as new. It won't be as freshly exciting. And so we need to be committed to the long run of serving with our whole heart and not just being like, oh, I did that for a month. I did that for six months, you know. And so we're trying to get people to commit to serving but not overtax them and make everybody come all the time and get worn out. And so if you feel worn out, please talk to us. Don't just quit. We, we'd love to help you serve with all you've got because we believe that that's life-giving. I want that for you, and I don't want you to be burned out from that. But we need to be committed, all hands on deck, to serving our great king and cleaning the house to get ready to welcome our guests. So step one is clean the house. Step two is invite your friends. And we've been talking about this a little bit. The great banquet. Jesus saying, the reason I came is to go in other towns. You know, there's this time where people said, don't leave, stay here. And he says, the reason I came is to go to more towns. I can't just stay here. I'm going to keep going. And that's why we planted Morris campus, to keep on going. So we want to be good at inviting people. And not just for May 9th. Um, you know, we talk about this idea of a soft launch, which we're in, and then a public launch. I just didn't want to use the word grand opening because grand opening is like one big event, balloons, and then it's like over, you know? And so it's a little thing, but everything we've printed would just say starting May 9 because I want people to know, like, if you miss May 9, we'll be here next Sunday and the week after that. Like, we're not going anywhere. We're going to continue showing up and, and loving each other and loving our God and welcoming, being thoughtful and wise in the way we treat outsiders. And so we're going to keep inviting and keep inviting. There's stats out there about how many times it takes someone to be invited before they come. There's some other stats. I don't know how they study these things, but they say it takes the average person seven times to hear the gospel presented before they receive Jesus. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe some of you guys, you heard about Jesus one time, and you were sold. Some of you guys, you might have been around church and Christians for a long time before you finally gave your heart to Jesus. But they say it takes many times. So we have to continually be getting the house ready and inviting people and doing the work and inviting our friends, cleaning up, getting ready, and inviting people. And it's scary and it's hard to put yourself out there. But aren't you glad that somebody invited you? whether it was to this church or whatever church it was, or maybe you were a little kid, might have been a family member, aren't you glad someone was brave enough to in invite you to either come to church or to know Jesus personally, and that you're here today because someone told you, someone helped you understand, someone welcomed you well. And it's scary to be that person for someone else, but when you look backwards, you're so glad that that happened in your life. And that's the same thing that God wants to use each of us for, not just to, you know, 
be all about loving Jesus, but that someone would point to you someday and say, I'm so glad he or she invited me. I'm so glad they put up with me the way I was. I'm so glad they welcomed me so well. I'm so glad they were brave enough to invite me to know Jesus as my Savior. And that they will look at each of us, and maybe our campus as a whole. We have no idea how many people will come to know Jesus because of us as a family, this campus as a ministry in this community. But we'll never find out if we don't boldly follow as individuals and as a group. So we're going to just keep going. I'm so glad that I was invited. I don't want to keep that away from anyone else. So our key verse is this, Colossians 4, verse 5. Be wise in the way you treat outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And when we do that, we'll see exactly what God has in store for us. We believe he called us to this. You guys were excited to be a part of this. And so let's never lose that excitement. Let's not let just another Sunday be another Sunday. But let's realize that we're throwing a great party. We're going to clean up like we expect guests. And when they come, we're going to welcome them like honored guests. And we're going to keep inviting people until they come and hear about Jesus. And we can't wait to meet they're friends' is friends because God is starting a great work here. And we came because we believe that. So as we continue to boldly follow, we'll continue to watch him be faithful. So I want to close us today with a, a four-part prayer. That if you were part of our launch team, we started praying this prayer together. Uh, I was sending it out trying to invite you to pray even outside of our meetings. And um, I want to lead us in that right now. That, and it's really a prayer starting in our own hearts and then flowing out. Just like Reese was saying, that when we recognize what Jesus has done for us, we don't just keep it to ourselves. Hopefully that overwhelms us and drives us towards sharing that with others. So um, I want to lead us in this prayer. And then before we close, I just want to make sure you are invited. Speaking of insiders, we've got these things, uh, cards on your way out, mission parties. You might have seen it on the screen. And these are out there if you want to grab it, throw it on your fridge. But basically, uh, this summer... And new people are invited, too. You don't have to be an insider. Uh, besides Sundays, we wanted to have some hangout times where you can just kind of get together, make some friends. We've got some, a couple of small groups, and eventually we want to have more small groups. And uh, we've got at least one small group that's probably big enough to be two or three small groups. And so we said, let's just get some parties for the summer and then see where that goes for the fall. And so I just want to make sure you're all invited. The first one is actually the day before our public launch. And uh, that'll be a sweet time to just hang out, eat some food, uh, have some time in prayer for what God's up to. And then uh, throughout the summer, we've got some dates. So I want to get those to you, and you're, you're invited, and anyone you want to bring is invited as well. So, But as we are in this soft launch season, and we are just thinking about how excited it is to be known by God and help other people experience that, um, let's pray. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I, pray that you, I hope that you pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we, we made it here two weeks in a row. Uh, we are so excited to follow you. We are so excited to worship you. And God, I do pray that every time we gather, every time we worship, every time we serve, that it wouldn't just be mundane or boring or normal, that it would be exciting. I believe that if it's not exciting to know you and follow you, then we're, we're not thinking about it correctly. We're not doing it right. So um, thank you. I just pray that you'd continue to keep that excitement fresh. Thank you that we can worship you and focus on how great your love is, how we did not deserve it. And I pray that we would be just filled with your love as we leave this place. And I pray that your love would be what drives us to share with others. So Heavenly Father, we pray that you would grow our heart for the lost. That we wouldn't be okay with people that don't know you. 
that our hearts would be broken inside, that we would feel a burden for the people that we know who don't yet know you. I pray that you would give us a heart for the lost. And God, I pray that you would continue to bring us opportunities as a body of believers, but even as individuals. I pray that you would open our eyes to what you're up to around us. Open our eyes to the possible conversations that can be had, to to the needs of those around us, that we would just see the opportunities that you bring our way and that our heart will be ready to jump in. And Father, I pray for the courage to follow. For whatever you call each of us to as individuals, whatever you call us to as the body of Christ, as your church, I pray that you give us courage to follow because we know that when you are in it, you have great plans. And so we don't want to fall short or stop too soon. I pray that you give us great courage. And then Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless and use every person who's committed to this Morris campus. Wherever they go, as we go throughout our week and when we gather, I pray that you would be near us, that we would sense you being near us, that we would be joyful about that. And I pray that you would use us. God, we just continue to ask that you would work in our lives and in this room to bring more people to know you. And God, we anticipate reaching our friends. And reaching our friends is friends. God, that you, would be, you are starting a great work. We are privileged to be a part of it. So Heavenly Father, help us to be good at readying our house to welcome guests. Help us to be bold enough to invite people. And we just trust you to do the rest. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.